Greetings and salutations, everybody out there in podcast land. This is the Judo Chop Suey Podcast, and I'm your host, Judo Dave Roman. The Judo World Championships, as of this recording, are in two weeks, and I can't wait to watch it. I've got some news ahead of the World Championships that I want to cover. Some of it specifically related to the World Championships and other just Judo-related items that I haven't been able to cover over the past three weeks. I, I delayed the release of this episode um, another week because I really wanted to cover any relatively last-minute event items that are coming up, some news-related items, some competitors not competing, you know, that kind of thing. And usually it's within the two-week window where some of these these items start uh, spilling out of the, the judo world. So I'm going to cover some of those news items. Now, speaking of the world championships and the International Judo Federation, I've got breaking news. Okay, maybe it's not breaking per se, but this is kind of interesting. I saw this tweet from uh, Mr. Marius Wieser uh, regarding a new partnership between the International Judo Federation and Reuters and, and the news organization Reuters and Reuters Sports. Now, this tweet was released on August 5th, and at the time of this recording, it's, um, what is today? It's August 11th as I'm recording this. So, this was released about a week ago or so. Mr. Wieser tweets, It gives me a lot of pleasure to announce that we have signed a one-year partnership with Reuters and Reuters Sports. Full details here, and it gives a link to the article on the IGF website. However, that article's been pulled down. Now, I can't imagine the Reuters or the International Judo Federation backing out of a signed agreement, but... I'm going to consider maybe the link is dead or whatever the case may be. I think this is huge news for judo. I've always argued that in order for these athletes to get more money and in order for the, the IJF to to get more visibility, you you really have to partner with people that are going to give you that kind of visibility. And a major news organization like Reuters covering this event is a significant step in the right direction. You know, the, the IJF claims that it's got millions, if not billions, of, of viewers every single year. And I, I find those numbers a, a bit, um, what's a kind way to put it, unbelievable. <laughs> because if judo viewership was in those numbers, you would have major companies like Coca-Cola and McDonald's and, and, and other big brand corporations, you know, kicking down the door of... Uh, uh, one Marius Wieser in order to advertise on the Judo World Tour. But that's not happening. They they do have sponsors, but not not to the level of Coca-Cola and McDonald's or Anheuser-Busch or, or other global brands. So I think a news partnership or, or, or a partnership like this can really bring attention to uh, the IJF World Tour and, and some of the phenomenal athletes that uh, there, there are competing on the tour. So I think this is really big news for the IJF, especially, you know, ahead of the the uh, Olympics in Tokyo next year. Hopefully that partnership will extend past the Olympics so that there's some post-Olympic coverage for judos. But, um, yeah, I think that's great. All the events leading up to the Olympics, uh, starting with the World Championships. So congratulations to the IJF. I think that's fantastic news. 
Now, a lot of the news items that I'm going to um, discuss on this podcast come directly from judoinside.com. And I've said it before, and I'll say it again. If you're not reading judoinside.com, what the hell's the matter with you? So the first article that I want to cover starts with the headline, New Wave of Athletes Switch Nations in Advance of IJF's Blockbuster Event. Now, I, I have some opinions on this that I'll cover at the end of what I'm about to read here, but... Uh, I'll just start off with the article. I'm curious to know what your opinions are on this subject. And I believe I've covered this before, so here it goes. The Judo World Championships will set new records in participants. The registration period is over, and so far, 898 athletes are noted representing 152 countries spread over five continents. The record of 2011 in Paris will be, uh, it, said, it states here, will be improved. At those world championships, 131 countries were present and 865 athletes fought for, six, for 56 medals. <laughs> That's a tremendous number. However, going a bit deeper, you can understand the strategy of the number of nations. Judo is widely spread and the diversity is good. Same in Paris one year for the 2012 uh, Olympics. You'll see that there's a lot of athletes that switch nations, hoping to qualify for the Olympic Games or hoping for a wild card. The IJF have approved a number of switches to give to athletes a chance to compete, and it stimulates the number of countries. 23 nations are about to send one athlete. Most are funded by the IJF. Recently, we saw in a new video series, Judo for the World, was published about Solomon Islands and uh, Kiribati, and both are nations with one participant. Jamaica has one participant, the former British uh, talent Ebony Drysdale Daly, who was the runner-up at the 2014 Junior World Championships and 2016 European Open in Glasgow. So that implicates that worldwide judo becomes more stronger. We're just stronger. Despite the unusual changes of nations like Italy to San Marino and France to Monaco, there are lots of exotic surprises. Previously, Judo Inside reported about the switch from Germany's Marie Bransner, uh, to the Democratic Republic of Congo. Also, we have Tal Almag of Israel to Argentina for this occasion. Frenchman Remy uh, Riolet fights for Mauritius. I got to admit, I've never heard of that country. Japanese-born uh, Masayuki Terada for Thailand. Thanks to the help for the IJF through its refugee sport, uh, support program, a number of athletes will participate in Tokyo under the refugee Refugee Olympic team, nine athletes will start in Tokyo. Continuing on, nine countries will start with a full team of 18 judoka. France is the next name with 17 uh, next nation with 17 athletes, excluding Teddy Renner while the registration has passed, so formally no space for judo's icon. That's interesting to me, but I I'll, I'll speak about that after I'm finished with the article. A little more patience and millions of fans and media around the world will only have eyes for judo during eight days in a competition format that will be exactly the same as the Tokyo 2020 Games, uh, seven days of individual tournament, and one day dedicated to mixed teams tournament. Judo will start shortly in Tokyo in the exact same place where, the, where judo entered the Olympic program in 1964, the Nihon Budokan, and where the world's best will try to win Olympic title again in 2020. Now, guys, please keep in mind that I'm reading this article verbatim, and it's clear to me that uh, this article was translated from another language. As for athletes switching nations, look, this has been going on for, for years and years and years. It's nothing new. 
I don't know what to think about that. Or what I should say is that I have mixed feelings on that because the idea of these competitions is that you're representing certain countries. Now, I suppose I wouldn't have an issue with this at all if there were judo teams out there that were sponsored by businesses or, or you, you know, say, for example, the, you know, the NBA is truly a, a global sport or or or, uh, or I should say the teams in the NBA represent uh athletes from around the world so you can have a lot of athletes from china or argentina or germany or whatever the case may be and we've had some great athletes from those countries and i happen to be thinking of uh, dirk Nowitzki, uh, yao ming and of course uh, manu ginobili uh, so i so if you're representing a team i don't i have no issue jumping around but and I suppose to a lesser extent, you know, just just noting where you are from, what country you're from wouldn't be too big of a deal. But now but the IJF has medal counts. Right. And they have national medal counts. So while I think it's a good thing to have, you know, international representation. So you have certain athletes representing other countries. If you're going to keep track of medal counts for each nation, then shouldn't the athletes who are representing other nations have some kind of legal citizenship status in that country of some kind, whether it's dual citizenship or something, something like that? Now, speaking of it, uh, speaking of that, I, I read an interesting story on again JudoInside.com that um, Satoi Ishii of Japan, who won the gold medal in the 2008, uh, 2008 Olympics for Japan, is now officially Croatian. And he gave up his Japanese citizenship and passport after obtaining Croatian citizenship. So that's kind of my point, is that, is that Ishii gave up something to represent another country in competition, albeit this is MMA, but still. Now, of course, my thoughts here exclude the Olympic Games because that's, that's a whole nother matter in its entirety. But I don't see why not on the IJF World Tour that, that all of these athletes are just individuals on their <laughs> representing themselves. You know, like they do in tennis. Sure, they, you know, somebody like Rafael Nadal is from Spain and everybody knows that, but he's not playing tennis for Spain. Does that make sense? Hopefully I'm making that distinction clear. Now, I would hope that with some of these athletes that are changing nations to represent smaller countries, I would hope that on a grander scale, the, the reason for the IJF allowing this is to expand the judo program in those countries. Now, that would be a little bit different, but the article didn't really state that. And I know that there are athletes that represent other countries where that's not the case at all. And, and the one that, that sticks out to my mind is Angela Parisi from 30, 40 years ago. He was an Italian that uh, represented both Great Britain and France in two separate uh, Olympic Games. And he was one of the greats, for sure. You know, and that just reminds me, uh, uh, speaking of one of the greats from France, the article that I read about these athletes uh, switching nations, Teddy Renner is not competing at these world uh, championships. And I knew that. I know this was covered I believe I covered this last year, and I know I discussed this in either my last episode or the episode prior, that even though he's not competing at these world championships, it would seem to me that he really needed to compete at these world championships because it's my understanding that he, may, he needs these ranking points. Now, maybe he and his team 
really believe they can waltz into any competition and take first place, but I don't know. That that seems like an awfully big gamble. I mean, right now he's ranked number 25th in the world in the plus 100 kilo division. He has currently 2,050 points. And I believe the cutoff is the top 18 in the world. And right now, ranked number 18th, it's just an example, is um, is Sarnaki of Poland, who's got 2,644 uh, World Tour points. So I suppose theoretically it's possible he can just win a Grand Slam or two and and maybe compete in a Grand Prix and win that. Because that's for a Grand Slam, it's 1,000 points. Uh, if you take first place and for, for a Grand Prix, it's 700 points. So I suppose he's really not out of reach. But you got to remember, too, is that for every event that he's not competing in, somebody else is competing in that event. So they're going to be getting those valuable points. Everybody's point number and point total is going to be moving up. So given that he's in 25th place, he's not out of reach, not by a long shot. And even if he were not to win get first place in a an event which would be almost unfathomable but it seems he still has time but there has been quite a number of events that he's missed over the past uh, year plus because of quote-unquote setbacks in training or whatever the case may be so we shall see I mean I'm sure he's going to pick and choose the spots like he's been doing for quite some time I thought he was going to compete at the Zagreb Grand Prix but he ended up not showing up even though the IJF uh, advertised that he'd show up <laughs> in a banner. At least that's how I took it. So we'll see. I've discussed that he needed the world championships to make an Olympic squad. You know, maybe maybe they've got a plan to acquire those points or, or something along those lines. We'll see. Moving on to another news item um, that I read on judoinside.com. South Korea's An Chang Grim will not be able to defend his world title in this year's event. Apparently, he is injured, and he had to withdraw. Uh, this this article came out not too long ago. I guess he was trying to make it to this world championship, but he's not going to be able to compete representing uh, South Korea. He's certainly one of the ones that I always like looking out for, especially that South Korean team, which is, generally speaking, very strong. And while reading that article, I found out something interesting that I was not aware of, is that An Bao, who had won the the silver medal in the 2016 games and won the world championships in 2015 will not be competing at this year's world championships due to a disciplinary suspension. And I kind of, when I saw this story, I thought it was kind of humorous, at least humorous to me anyway. So I guess in South Korea, you either have to do community service or you have to serve in the military. That's a mandate. And according to the article I read on judoinside.com, he he doctored uh, some of his community service records uh, so that it showed that he he did do the community service hours when, in fact, he didn't because he was too busy training for uh, uh, judo competition. And I guess he was caught because some of the records showed that he had done community service on a day that he was training at uh, South Korea's National Training Center. (laughs) <laughs> 90 kilos, uh, 90 kilometers south of Seoul. So I thought that's very funny. So he got caught and he's got to finish out the rest of his hours of community service, which means that he cannot compete at this year's world championships. Kind of funny if you ask me. I I would never do that, but I can see why 
some athletes in some countries where they have to do certain things, serve the military, or must complete community service hours. These things are are, are foreign to us U.S. Americans, but um, certainly in other countries, they've got other rules. And uh, don't do the crime if you can't do the time. So a couple days ago on Twitter, Mr. Marius Wieser, our esteemed president, well, not our president, but the president of the International Judo Federation announced that he's going to have not one, but two uh, Ask Wieser Q&A sessions on Twitter. And for the first time in a long time, I really don't have anything to ask him. I, I probably will reach out to him and ask a question after the world championships. But before, I don't know about that. I don't got anything to ask. But in case you guys do, I figured it would be good for you to know that there's going to be a Twitter Q&A. So all you have to do if you have Twitter, just uh, reach out to at Marius Visor, Ask him a question and put in hashtag AskVisor. So if you want to ask your leg grab questions, you go right ahead. He loves those. And as for myself, I'm probably going to, I'm very curious to see if any, at least in the world championships, and I'm going to cover again some of my predictions, but I'm curious to see if, if in these world championships, any Israeli happens to match up with, with an Iranian in, in any competition across any division. So, of course, I'm looking forward to see if Sagi Muki and Saeed Molai will indeed share the same match space for a medal. Hopefully, that's a gold medal match. Well, not hopefully. I don't have any real favorites. I don't, I don't really root for anybody to win, per se. I just root for good stories and, and, and exciting matches. So, continuing on, it's time... From my favorite segment of the Judo Chop Suey podcast. What time is it? Listener reaction. I've had some pretty interesting listener reaction over the past uh, few weeks that uh, since the last episode released. Um, I'm not going to read emails in particular, but I just wanted to give a shout out to my listener out in Athens, Greece. This is the first confirmed uh, listener from Greece that I've had for this show. I really appreciate you listening in. And I had another listener from Michoacan in Mexico, or Mexico, and he gave me some very good advice in terms of what I could do with my back pains. Now, I got to say, since my last episode, I'm 100% with my back. I have no uh, limitations on my movement there. And I've got to say, even my my persistent groin pull that I've had for the past eight months, I think is finally... It's finally gone, so I, I, I tend to re-aggravate these things lately. I don't know what it is. I, a part of me thinks that it could be, you know, maybe my nutrition or, or maybe a, a medicine that I've been taking lately. Maybe it's causing some kind of issues. I don't know. I just find it odd that for all the stretching that I'm doing and for the, all the care that I take care of my body with, um, that I'm still pulling muscles seemingly left and right. Every time I get out there, I'm always feeling like I'm about to have a major injury or something, but I'm, I'm, I take things slow and I'm typically very careful and I'm not reckless when I'm, when I'm practicing, whether it's judo or Brazilian jiu-jitsu, but I appreciate your suggestions. Uh, anonymous emailer from Mexico. Now he did end the email by saying, I'll, I'll read this verbatim. By the way, Deadpool one is way better than Deadpool two and every other superhero movie that you have mentioned. But it's okay as long as you agree that Blade 1 and Blade 2 are the best of them all. We're cool. Well, you're entitled to your opinion, anonymous emailer. But I hate to be the one to tell you that uh, you're wrong. 
<laughs> Come on, Deadpool 2 is way better than Deadpool 1. And, and truth be told, I don't think I've watched I, I don't think I've watched Blade 2. Um and I very very vaguely remember Blade 1, the vampire hunter, right? Yeah. But despite our differences, I must say estoy feliz de que estés escuchando el programa. Muchas gracias. That's about as good as my Spanish gets. Actually, I'm a little bit better than that. I, I, I'm more comfortable speaking Spanish with family. So let's see. Is there anything else on the listener reaction front? Not quite in terms of emails that I wanted to read on the air, if you want to call this the air. But put it this way. How about this is going to be a request from me to you? And I, I hate saying this because I know you guys mean well. I am not good uh, I, I don't think I'm a very good interviewer. And, you know, even if you guys feel differently, which which is very nice. I know some of you have reached out to me personally and said that I you guys think I do a great job interviewing. It's very hard for me to actually conduct interviews. The, the, my schedule and my time to, to do interviews is very, very difficult. I'm, I'm always in a time crunch, largely because of training and because of commuting and, of course, my work. And now that school has started in my local area, now I've got to go to, to, to pick up my son at band practices and go to football games. So my time is very limited. And I, I feel badly when I say, you, you know, sometimes some I get a request saying, hey, you should interview this guy. You should you should bring this guy on your show. It, it's I appreciate the thought, but I can't really do interview requests there are three people that i have in mind over the next from from here on until the end of the year that i want to bring on the show they they've already been told so i'm not i'm not really gonna keep it a surprise or anything i'd like to have uh dr Anne maria demars on the on the program i am also planning on having uh gary goltz hopefully ahead of the the winter nationals i'd love to have him as a guest and um Ahead of ahead of JudoCon, I'd also like to have Steve Scott back on, and that's probably going to be it for the rest of the year. I I, I also want to have uh, Judo Joe on, but he's not really a guest; he's more of a guest co-host, and we just kind of do a uh, a show. I will have him on soon enough, but that that's probably going to be it from here on out to the to the end of the year. And, and speaking of JudoCon, I am going. I am only able to go for one day, though, because uh, <laughs> when I was planning the trip, uh, I looked at the I, I had. So my wedding anniversary is November 8th. So a couple of days ago, actually, it's maybe a couple of weeks ago. Now, I was talking to my wife. I was telling her, yeah, we're going to go out to you. know, I'm going out to uh, to, to to Phoenix to visit my dad and and. Uh, and then I'm going to fly out to L.A. and then drive over there to uh, Riverside or wherever the dojo is. And I'm going to participate on judo at JudoCon uh, November 8th and 9th. So then she goes, you're going to spend our anniversary at a judo conference? And then I was like, of course not, baby. You're coming with me. We're going to Hollywood. And of course, I had no plans on her coming along with me, but I completely forgot that JudoCon landed on our anniversary, so I am not going to go on to JudoCon on on the eighth, but I will be there on the ninth, of course. Um, you know, speaking of Hollywood, I pulled out of that problem uh, kind of like uh, 
like uh, I was in a th- I was, or I should say I was in a flat tail I was in a flat spin like Maverick and Goose except unlike Maverick and Goose I managed to pull out of it and save that crashing airplane. Speaking of which, did you did you guys see that trailer for Top Gun 2, Top Gun Maverick? Man, did that give me goosebumps. That movie looks awesome. Anyway, so yeah, so I will be at JudoCon. I'm also going to visit my father and my wife will be with me on both those trips. Thankfully, I've got this really cool thing from Southwest Airlines called the Companion Pass. Basically, if I if I get a flight out to anywhere, I can bring a companion for free. So that's the only way I can afford bringing two people out to California, making multiple uh, flight stops, at least without using credit cards. But um, so, yeah, I'm very excited about that. I have never been to Los Angeles area, Southern California. I've I've never even been to Phoenix. Um, I'm planning on going to the Grand Canyon. I've never seen the Grand Canyon apart from pictures. So. If any of you guys have any ideas on places for me to visit in L.A., I definitely want to see Hollywood at least just once. Maybe uh, maybe I can sit in at the Ellen show or something like that. That would be a lot of fun. And I'm sure many of you out there are probably thinking, man, why do you want to go to L.A.? You should go to San Diego. Well, it's it's closer to where I'm going to be for JudoCon than San Diego. I would love to go to San Diego. Uh, I considered it, but I, I don't want to be driving all around California. I know in terms of area-wise, it's even bigger than Florida. So getting from one place to the other is not particularly easy. I know some of you probably look on a map and you think to yourself, oh yeah, Tampa's not that far from Miami, but it's actually like a four-hour drive. So I'm very excited about that. If there are listeners out in Southern California, I apologize, but Please do not plan on having me over for dinner or anything like that. I'm going to be at JudoCon, and I'm spending the other days with my wife. I would love to meet listeners uh, from California uh, up close and personal, but I'm just not going to have that kind of time. I know most of my listeners in the United States uh, come from California, and particularly Southern California, and I'm very grateful for all of you. I wish I could spend... Uh, some time to meet some of you in person and train with you, but um, I'm just not going to have that kind of time, unfortunately. All right, so moving along. I just got this bit of news from JudoInside.com. North Korea, the, the North Korean team will not be attending the World Championships this year, and this was something that I was looking forward to because last year at the World Championships, we had a unified Korea Competing in the team event, which was historic. So reading the article on judoinside.com, it states the team of North Korea won't be a part of the world championships in Tokyo. Last year, North Korea was part of the bronze mixed team in a first unified team event with five judoka from the south and one judoka from the north for the mixed team event. At first place, uh, two men and six women were selected for the 2019 world championships, but the North Korea Uh, uh, But North Korea have canceled its planned participation in the World Judo Championships to be held from August 25th at Tokyo's Budokan. Okay, so this looks to be one of those, uh, another political issue, uh, judging by this article. So I'm I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I'll I'll get to the gist of it here. Uh, Let's see, continuing on, the Japan... 
The Japanese Olympic Committee will use the occasion to provide officials from Olympic committees of countries and regions participating in the Olympics with information about Olympic venues and other facilities. Okay, here it goes. The Japanese government has said that it will give North Korean delegation or delegates permission to attend the seminar as an exception from Japan's sanctions that banned North Korean nationals in principle from entering the country. Uh, paging Mr. Vizer, Mr. Vizer, can you help uh, smooth over another diplomatic crisis here? You know what? I said earlier that I didn't have a question for Mr. Vizer uh, ahead of the world championships, but now that's changed because I would be curious to find out what he will be doing to smooth over this issue. And you know what? I've said it before and I've said it again. There's been a lot of criticism toward Mr. Vizer and his presidency of the International Judo Federation. But I must say he's been one hell of a delegate and one hell of an ambassador for judo. And he has done things that I've never thought would ever see happen, especially a unified North Korea and especially getting Iran um, to sign an agreement that there will not be any discrimination towards Israel and getting Abu Dhabi to allow the Israeli National Anthem to play at the Abu Dhabi Grand Slam. These are huge milestones, and I will be curious to find out uh, whether Mr. Visa will do anything to, to smooth this relationship between North Korea and Japan. Now, toward the end of the article, it states North Korea has agreed with the International Olympic Committee on a plan to form a joint teams with South Korea in four sports categories, including judo, for the Tokyo Games. So this is not going to be an issue for the Olympics, but but certainly for the World Championships, this is an issue. And quite frankly, that's very disappointing. You know, if I'm going to come down hard on Iran for its stance toward Israel, I have to come down on Japan equally as hard because, I mean, for, for, judo, for uh, judo being the birthplace... <laughs> scratch that for Japan being the birthplace of judo and for all its principles on, on mutual welfare and benefit, uh, the Japanese have to do better than this. And I know I understand from a political issue. This is these issues are far more complicated than I'm giving it credit. But when it comes to judo, I believe that all nations need to rise above their uh, diplomatic issues. And come together under the banner of judo and under the banner of sports. Now at the tail end of the article, it, it lists the athletes that will not be participating in the world championships from North Korea. In the under 60 kilo division, it's Jay Yong An and Yong Won Kim. In the under 48 kilo division, it's Yu Sun John and Jong Hung Kim. In the under 52 kilo division, it's Song Sim Rim. In the under 57 kilo division, it's Hyo Sun Ri and Jin An Kim. And in the under 70 kilo division, it's Sun Young Kwan. So that's really unfortunate for them. And it's really a shame that, that, that politics get in the way of, of these young athletes being able to participate in judo's premier event or premier annual event apart from the Olympics, of course. Now, lastly, I want to get into some of my predictions for the world championships. Now, I'm not going to predict who gets bronze and who gets silver and and, and that kind of thing. I only care about gold, damn it. So, I'm going to run down each of the divisions. And I'm going to tell you who I think is going to win. Now, if there's a if there's a division where I think there's a, a few favorites are going to be head-to-head, -head, 
Uh, I will certainly point that out. Now, mind you, I am basing the participants of these world championships based on what the IJF site has um, on their world championships page. Now, I fully admit that there will probably be some recency bias in terms of some of my picks. But you know what? This is my podcast. I'm going to pick whoever I think is going to win. Starting with the under 48 kilo division. And I hate to say it, it's the easy pick. I don't want to go for the easy pick, but I have to in this division. I think Daria Bilodid of the Ukraine is going to win gold in this event. In the under 52 kilo division, this is going to be a tough one because I firmly believe the final is going to be Uta Abe and Majlinda Kelmendi. This is going to be one of the matchups, the premier matchups that I am looking forward to uh, in these world championships. And... I'm going to go with Uta Abe on this one. Again, that's probably some recency bias, but it's my podcast and and I'm easily swayed in that way. So moving on to the under 57 kilo division. This is a tough one for me. Oh, but before I get to the under 57 kilo division, I do believe Angelica Delgado is going to make it into the top seven. That's my prediction anyway. All right, back to the under 57 tequila division. This is a really tough one for me. It would be easy for me to say Tsukasa uh, Yoshida of Japan to win this whole thing because she's the number one seed and she's ranked number one in the division. But I'm going to go with Nakoda Smythe Davis of Great Britain. I believe she is primed to earn her first gold medal at a world championships. I, I really believe the 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 british squad is very strong and i think she has a great chance here it wouldn't shock me to see uh either Nakota Smite Davis or or Rafaela Silva uh earn a gold medal here but i'm going to go with the, 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 the with uh, Nakota here in the under 63 kilo division it's going to go to Clarissa Bignenu I, I there's just no way i i mean i suppose Tina Turstenjack could surprise us all um and she's certainly She's certainly been a world champion before, but I think Clarissa Epignenu right now is 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 just having and displaying the best judo in that division. In the under 70 kilo division, I'm predicting Chizuru Arai of Japan uh, to win gold here. Unlike the under 63 kilo division and the, the under 52 kilo division, I don't think this division is nearly as strong as those other divisions. That's just my opinion. It's probably very wrong. But I I think Arai is going to win gold here. But it wouldn't surprise me, looking at some of the names here, to see Maria Perez. Uh, let's see, who else did I just... Who else did I just... Sally Conway and Gemma Howell um, make it into the top seven. The under 78 kilo division is a very tough one for me to call because I, I really think the winner can come from any of the top eight seeds. And quite frankly, I think the winner can come from any of the... Uh, Top 15 seeds, quite frankly. But here's my prediction. I'm going to predict Anna Maria Wagner from Germany to win gold in this division. And in the over 78 kilo division, I certainly expect Idalis Ortiz of Sarah Asahina to be one and two. Um, but I'm going to go with Ortiz from Cuba uh, winning gold in the world championships. I can very easily see Sarah Asahina defeating defeating her and earning gold as well. But it's going to be one of those two ladies earning gold. I, I don't think every, anybody else in this division has a, has a chance on beating both of them. 
or either of them. Now moving on to the men's side in the under 60 kilo division, I'm going to predict Naohisa Takato of Japan to win the gold here. For the under 66 kilo division, as sure as the sun rises in the east, I'm going to predict Hifumi Abe is going to win gold in this division. I know that's a very strong take. And the last time I had a stone-cold lock, I was thoroughly embarrassed. But he's going to be my pick. I'm going to set him as my captain in my fantasy judo roster, which I encourage all of you to join and participate in. It's a lot of fun. Moving on to the under-73 kilo division. This one's a little tough for me to call. Gosh. Even though he's lower ranked, I'm going to go with Shoei Ono of Japan to win this division. He's got a lot of stiff competition ahead of him, but yeah, I'm going to go with Ono. I, I don't think that's crazy for me to suggest either. Now, in the under 81 kilo division, it would be very easy for me to predict Saeed Molai or Sagi Muki, but I'm going to go with Frank DeWitt. He's just going to be my dark horse here. Now, I certainly would love to see a Saeed Molai Sagi Muki final, um, but I'm going to, I'm just, just, just a prediction, it's just for fun. I'm going to go with Frank DeWitt to win gold here in a, in a surprise. Well, he wouldn't be that much of a surprise because he is, he is the ranked number three in the division. But, but you know what I mean. Nobody's ex really expecting. I shouldn't say nobody, but you know what I mean. Anyway, I'm moving on. The under 90 kilo division is a tough one for me to call and to figure out. But I'm going to predict, uh, predict uh, Becca. Uh, of Georgia. Hopefully I got the name right. I think he's going to be the one to come out on top in this division. Ranked number one in this division is Nicole's uh, Dishvili of Spain. Because, yeah, that's uh, when I think of... Sp uh, <laughs> that does not sound like a Spanish name to me, I'll say that much. Must be one of those situations. Well, I know, of, of course. Anyway. In the under 100 kilo division, I'm going to go with Aaron Wolf. And in the plus 100 kilo division, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go against my gut here. My gut says Guram Tushishvili, but I'm going to go out on a limb here, and it's not really much of a limb. Uh, Hisayoshi Harasawa of Japan, I think, is going to win gold in this division. I think he's going to be the relative surprise winner because the, the favorite has to be Tushishvili, right? So that's going to be it for my predictions. Now, again, these are based on the information that I have on the IJF.org website of their all of their competitors, which if I didn't mention it before, they are breaking a record of 880 competitors. Actually, no, that's, that is the right. 880 competitors in this year's World Championships is the record. I, I can't remember if I covered that earlier in the, the episode, but... In case I didn't, I'm saying it again. 880 competitors is a record uh, turnout for participants in the World Championships. All right, so I think that's going to do it for this episode of the Judo Chop Suey podcast. I am not feeling very well, even though physically, you know, in terms of my pulled muscles and everything, I feel 100%. I'm actually been battling a cold for the past couple of days. I, I've been taking a lot of echinacea and vitamin C and... And just drinking lots of fluid. I'm trying to keep this cold at bay because I've already missed a couple of days of training. Um, and I don't want to miss any more. So I'm feeling a little winded, if you can believe that, talking into a microphone. But it's true. There were some other personal training tidbits that I wanted to cover. But I think I'm going to save that for another episode. 
If you want to reach out to me, you can always reach out to me at judochopsuishow at gmail.com. If you want to follow me on Instagram, it's at lavidajudoka. My Instagram is awesome. You can also follow me at lavidajudoka on Twitter. My Twitter's not as awesome, but it's it's getting there. It's getting there. I'm participating more, especially during football season, which has nothing to do with judo. And if you want to reach out to me on Facebook, you can do so, which is uh, just search for Judo Chop Suey Show, and you should be able to find the official Judo Chop Suey Facebook page, um, which I do not, I, I spend the least amount of time on Facebook, as I've said many times before. And in case if you guys are not aware, I have listed the podcast on Spotify. I know many of you listen to podcasts on Spotify. This is a relatively new thing. So for all of you out there that like to keep your podcast episodes and shows all on one format or station or whatever you want to call it, um, you feel free to look me up on Spotify because I am there now. And I'm very excited about that. I, I didn't realize how many people use Spotify and and um, turns out I've had a lot more listeners lately uh, find the find the podcast because of Spotify. So I'm very grateful for all of you tuning in. So with that, I hope you all have a great day. I hope you all have a great rest of the week. Train hard. Stay safe out there. And until next time, I'm out. Open Gangnam Style.